0: I will commence reading from verse uh, 21 to verse 38, Luke chapter 2, and I commence reading from verse 21. (coughs) And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And the sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, uh, there was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Fenuel of the tribe of Asa. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was eighty-four she did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel, of Jerusalem rather. (coughs) We continue in our study of the series I've been calling Behold the Lamb of God. And this is for the purpose of measuring ourselves as we build towards Easter evangelism. And we are doing so by reminding us of just specific episodes in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the sole purpose is to encourage us those of us who are believers, to see what just God has done. And when we say we have the good news, that we must be willing to share this good news. And so far, we've uh, considered the, the Lamb of God promised as we spent our time looking at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 through to verse 21. And we saw that right from uh Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve sinned against God, God promised the lamb that would deal with the problem of sin. The last Lord's day we l- we looked at behold the Lamb of God provided and we, we we looked at Luke chapter 2 verse 1 through to verse 20 and this morning, As we continue, we will be considering, Behold, the Lamb of God praised. The Lamb of God praised. In our text, the Lamb of God has been born. God has stepped out of eternity and has entered the human history. And the Lamb that was promised, provided, is now... Being praised. And our passage takes us to Jerusalem for an event that occurred after 40 days of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are told when he was eight years, he was circumcised as prescribed by the law of Moses when you read Leviticus chapter 12. And then we also told after 40 days, Mary, the mother, had reached the end of her purification, purification period. Again, you find this in Leviticus chapter 12. And all these shows us that Mary and Joseph followed the customs of the day. They lived according to to what God had said to Moses, and we are seeing in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ things happening according to what was prescribed. And in these verses, we are allowed to see what happens there. We are taken into the Lord's house with Jesus and his family, and as we are taken in the Lord's house, We are allowed to see through the the gospel of Luke what just happened there. And all this, remember, it's according to what Moses, or God had said through Moses. And so what is happening here is when you read Exodus chapter 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 18, God had said every male, who opens the womb must be dedicated to the Lord. And then in Exodus 13, he said, every male, male-born child who opens the womb is a gift, is a dedication, is a fruit to the Lord. And then also God also said, even among the animals, the first that opens the womb are uh, a dedication to the Lord. And it is interesting when you analyze what is happening here in view of what God had said to Moses. Christ is being taken to be redeemed according to the law of Moses. And what a glorious thought that the Redeemer had to be redeemed as the law of the land and while they were there special events occurred or something special occurred Luke tells us that there were two sons of God Simeon and, Han- and Anna who were in the temple and they were there because the Holy Spirit led them there they were a part of the faithful Jewish remnant that they were looking forward to the appearing of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And when they met Jesus that day, even though he was just a 40-day-old infant, but when they met him that day, they were overjoyed. And they began to lift up praises to this great God. They began to praise God for what he had done. And clearly you could see that having been waiting and looking forward to this day, and God now fulfilling what he had said, the response from them was to swell in praise to this God. They had seen the Lord's Christ. And what we see as we begin to open up this passage is that the reasons they had to praise God are the reasons that are still valid today for us as Christians to praise God. We can learn a lot from this account. We who are redeemed of the Lord we who've come to know salvation by grace in Christ alone, each time we think of what God has done and we, we recount uh, the, the, the records of the scriptures and we read uh, what into the scriptures what God has done, the fitting response is to say then, Sing my soul, my Savior God to thee. How? great thou art. There's no other response or fitting response apart from praise to this great God. And it is as we realize what God has done and praise this God that will be a testimony to the world dying in sin. Because when they look at us, and the seriousness we attach to the praise of this great God, the world will see that for us, church is a serious business. It's God coming into this world and taking residence in my heart. And this is what we mean when we say we have, we have the good news. We are the light and the salt of this earth. It's to be a praising people to our great God. And the first thing I'd like to draw your attention to is the reason to praise the Lamb of God. The reason... To praise the Lamb of God, or the reasons. And this is picked from Simeon's words from verse 26 to verse 30. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when, he had, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his hands and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon enters into the temple and he takes Jesus, the baby Jesus into his hands. And this old man, this old saint declares reasons to praise God. The reasons he gives us, the same reasons we have to praise God. The reasons that swell out of us with joy as we think of God and what He's done for us. And in His speech, or in His words, He highlights a number of things, a number of biblical truths concerning this baby. And He says, is the Lord's Christ. He's seen the salvation of the Lord. And the word Simeon means he who hears. He who hears. And Luke is telling us there that he was sensitive to the leading and the directing of the Holy Spirit looking forward to this moment when the child will appear. And he had been told that he will not see death until he sees the Lord's Christ, the Jewish Messiah, the Savior of the world himself. And now he's old, and the time has come, and he sees Jesus. And we're told the Spirit notifies him that this is the one to whom I told you that you will not see death until you see him. And looking at the baby in his hands. He identifies that baby as the Lord's Christ. And is acknowledging that this is the promised lamb of God. The one to whom our forefathers, the prophets, and those who've gone before us would point to the coming of this baby, the Lord's Christ. And he sees in the baby the fulfillment of everything that God had saved. And he calls him the Lord's Christ. And then in verse 30, he says, the Lord's salvation. And he's praising the Father for baby Jesus, for this infant. And he tells us a little bit more about this child. And he says, Jesus is the Lord's salvation. Jesus is salvation himself. He came into this world to change the world. And this is what Simeon says as he looks at this child. And he says, this is the Lord's salvation. And this child will bring about a change into this world. He was to fulfill that which God had promised he would fulfill. He will impact the Jewish nation. And his impact, his work, will reach even the Gentile world. And he says, A light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people, Israel. And what Simeon is reminding all of us this morning is that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. He came into this world as the Savior of both Gentiles and Jews. Jesus came to provide salvation to all who will receive him. And this is the promise of God. And we see this promise being fulfilled in the Scriptures. And brethren, the, the, the truth that Jesus came into this world to set you free from your sins, that truth alone is reason enough for you to praise God. That you who wallowed in sin, in rebellion, and wanting to have nothing to do with God, God was working in eternity past that you will send His Son into this world to save sinners. Just that alone is enough to praise God. That God was willing. Come and die for sinners. When you think of the gravity of that statement, that God came into this world to save sinners, to die for sinners, that alone is reason enough to praise God. It shows us that God loves us so much. He loves you so much that He was willing to come into this world and endure the pain, the horror of the cross, and the shame that He went through to demonstrate without doubt that He loves you and He came to die for you. Simeon understood who Jesus was. But others did not. Eight days earlier, when he was circumcised, the priest did not understand who Jesus was. When he was born, the angels announced his birth to the shepherds. The shepherd had some understanding of who Jesus was because the angels announced the birth of Christ and what that meant. We don't know who else was in the temple at this time. But there were many who did not understand who Jesus was. But Simeon did. And as he looked at the baby, he realized that what God said, what God had said, what God had promised, is now being fulfilled. And he rejoiced at this prospect. He rejoiced at the news. And he praised God. we live in a world where most people do not know who Jesus is. And the sad reality is that those of us who claim to know this Jesus fail to praise this God Among those who do not know him, this Jesus, the Bible tells us, He's God in human flesh. He is the Lamb of God, slain from before the foundation of the world. He is the only Savior of sinners and the only way to God the Father. There's no other way. And Simeon was excited because the promised one has appeared. And he had the privilege to experience the promise of God. And he praised God. And he even says, Lord, you had said that before I depart, I will see the Lamb of God. Now that I've seen the Lamb of God. I'm ready to depart. Those of us who say we know this God do we praise this God that Jesus came to die for me and this is a good news. And this good news cannot just sit in my heart. It's too good news just to to be hidden inside of me and to simply come and reveal it when I am with God's people on the Lord's Day and we begin to sing, no, this good news, it's too good that wherever I am, I should sing and praise this God. I don't care who's around. It is something I've experienced. God has fulfilled His promise of salvation. And I will praise this God. Because I know it. have experienced it. And I want others to join me in the praise of this God because this is the best news ever. This is what Easter is all about. To remind us of God's promise to send a Savior into this world. And God is saying to us, come out of your hiding, those who claim to call upon my name. Let the world hear the praise from the redeemed lips of my children. Let them sing. As they look at the Lord's Christ, the salvation of the world. We see the reason for that praise. But secondly, we see that our praise must be anchored on the accomplishment of the Lamb of God. Our praise are anchored on the accomplishment of the Lamb of God. Simeon praised God because of what Christ would accomplish. Because of what Christ will accomplish. And listen to verse 34 and 35. (coughs) And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, to Mary's mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Simeon is looking at this baby and he's not just filled with reasons to praise God because God has fulfilled his promise. But he sees this baby and he sees what this baby would accomplish and that steers his heart to further praise this God. And as he looks at this baby, offers a prophecy about this baby and what he will accomplish. And he says, he will be a sign that will be opposed. And the sword will pierce your own hearts, the hearts of the parents. And then he says that this baby is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And this is a reference to to what Isaiah had said in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 14. And you also find this prophecy in Psalm 118 and verse 22. And Simeon is saying, This child is appointed. He's set apart. He has this task. And this task is the rising and the falling of many. This child will be a stumbling block to those who do not understand the wisdom of God. This child, his ministry will be opposed. This child Will result in the rejection of many, but also in the conviction of many. This child will cause many to rise up in salvation as they call upon the name of the Lord. This child is a sign. And the word sign there simply means a miracle. And Simeon. He's saying Jesus is God's miracle. It's God's miracle coming into this world. God coming up into this world. Being born of a virgin. The creator of the world. Subjecting himself to the very human beings he created. And he allows himself to be taken care of by his own creation. And this child will be for the rising and for the fall of many. And you see this throughout his ministry. Many rejected him. His enemies would plot his downfall. His enemies would attack him. And finally he was crucified. And on the cross of crucifixion, the words of Simeon came uh, to be fulfilled. That the sword will pierce the heart of Mary. You could imagine the mother seeing her own child being crucified. You could imagine the pain that she experienced. And Simeon said, This will happen to you. Your heart will be pierced. The sword as it were. You will suffer as you see your son fulfilling his father's plan. The plan of salvation. The plan to redeem the world. To see his son rejected by the tide of public opinion saying crucify him crucify him and Simeon anchored his praise in what Christ will accomplish but you and I our praise is anchored in what is already accomplished he's no longer a baby he came He lived and He died and He rose from the dead and is now in heaven interceding for those who are His. And all this has been accomplished. And as we are given reasons to praise God, we can still praise God for what He's accomplished, our salvation. And he said he's coming back for you. And as we look forward with great anticipation, great joy, we can see that he's fulfilled what he said. And now we're looking at that grand announcement when he will now come to finally end history as we know it. And oh, that we may praise our God. For what is accomplished in Christ Jesus he's no longer on the cross he's no longer being mocked or being sketched. he's alive and he's interceding oh how I need to praise my God and even if I don't know when he's coming again I know you accomplish it because I see what is already accomplished in my life for his salvation this is the good news we have This is the news that the world needs to hear. That those who are doubting Christ, those who are still mocking Christ, those who continue to reject the Lord Jesus Christ, you can walk with them through the pages of scriptures and say to them, he said you do this and he accomplished it. He said he would die and on the third day he would be raised from the dead. And he accomplished that. He said he's going to return to his father. And he accomplished that. And when he says he's coming again, I can assure you, he is coming again. Because we can tick what he said he will accomplish. He, he came he arrived he appeared he accomplished and our worship of him is anchored on those biblical truths it's not on speculations but they are historical facts and he is Coming again. And then, thirdly, quickly, we see again there that our praise must be anchored on the ongoing ministry of the Lamb of God. Our praise must be anchored on the ministry and the mission of the Lamb of God of God. Verse 28, then we'll read verse 38. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, verse 29, Lord, now let, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel verse 38 and coming up at that very hour she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel Simeon and Anna Focused their praise on the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they did focus on his ministry, their praise to God exalted God, edified those who were around, but also it was used as a means. For evangelism. And you see in verse 38, 28 and 38 that God was exalted. When they focus on the ministry of Christ, we see there that God's name was exalted. As I praised God, it brought glory to God when Christ was was praised in the temple, as they went about their rituals, uh, to do with temple rituals, Simeon and Anna broke out of the rituals and began to praise the Lord. They focused on his ministry, on his mission, on his work, and on what he was going to accomplish. And the Bible tells us, and, and he blessed God. And in verse 8 were told and began to give thanks to God. And all this exalted the sovereign God. They worshipped him as they focus on the ministry of Christ and God's name was exalted. This is what we are called to do when we praise God to exalt his name among the people. We must exalt our God in this world. He must be high and lifted high. When we exalt him because of his ministry in our midst but also because of what he has done but also see that Mary and Joseph were edified. Verse 33, and his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Forty-day-old baby receiving all these praises. And obviously, They they thought about what the angels had said when the angel first appeared to Mary and said to her this is what will happen to you and Joseph would have uh, remembered some of the challenges or the difficulties he had to accept what Mary was saying. And now as I hear all these things being said about Jesus Christ they marveled. what was being said? They were encouraged, edified by the work of God in their midst. Isn't it true that we also get edified as we hear other saints praise God? There are times when you don't have a song, or you are struggling to, to, to praise God. You you don't have the spirit as it were of praising God. You are buffered by the by the by the things of this world. You are coming from a very difficult week. You have difficult meetings, difficult tasks. You are coming from a home where there's just so many difficulties. And as you are even driving or coming to church. Your mind is all over the place. Given a choice, you do not want to be in this place. And when you enter uh, the, ch- the the church and, and you hear God's people raising their voices, you hear them talking about 10,000 reasons to praise God. And oh, a song begins uh, to be formed in your heart. You begin to walk down memory lane and you see when God saved you. And you too, you join in this Glorious choir of God's people as they sing concerning what God has done. You are edified. You are encouraged to praise this God. As you connect your heart. With the worship of God, and as you hear your brothers and sisters joyfully singing praise to God, you best and join the singing. You're edified. But also told this sinners were evangelized. verse 38 and coming up at that very hour she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem this is the prophetess Anna she comes she gives thanks to God and she doesn't stop there she began to speak of him This baby, who Simeon has told us what you accomplished, and she began to speak to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And you can feel the excitement from the lips of this lady. And what a glorious topic of discussion. This baby who looks useless, hopeless, Dependent on the parents for survival. And is receiving all this praise. And those who understood began to talk to all about this baby. That this is the long-awaited redemption of Jerusalem. It is in this baby that salvation will come to the world. He will grow up and he will be hanged on the cross. And she began to speak to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Do we speak to those around us with so much excitement and joy about the salvation that is ours in Christ Jesus? Do we long to see sinners hearing the good news, being evangelized as we give thanks to God? We just don't end at giving thanks to God in these four walls. We begin to speak to all about the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When Jesus was born, heaven was excited. Angels came down and shared the message with the shepherds. The shepherds then heard the angels praising God about this baby. When the shepherd met Jesus for themselves. They came away praising God. When Jesus was taken to the temple 40 days after he was born, he was greeted with praise of two elderly saints. Who could not contend their joy as they saw God fulfilling what he had said. And throughout his life, the Lord Jesus Christ was praised by those who loved him. And there were two special occasions when God the Father himself spoke of his own praise on his son when he said from heaven this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and you see those who've come to know who who truly Jesus is their fitting response has always been praise to God and as I praise God they go their way speaking of what God has done and if we are Christians surely if we are Christians we too must join this army of people throughout the scriptures and throughout the centuries in praising this great God. Isaac Watts in his song he says when I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died my riches gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. When I survey, it's basically saying, when I understood something about the wondrous cross and my mind was blown out of my sockets as it were, To realize that it is on this cross, this wondrous cross, on which the Prince of Glory died. And I realize that there is nothing that I have accomplished that can be compared to what I have in Christ. And he said, my richest gain, whatever it is, I count but loss. And I've been full contempt on my pride. And we need to show the world. The salvation that is ours in Christ Jesus. We must be able to show them. As we praise this great God. We must not shy away. We've experienced it. We know its power. And we are speaking and praising God from a heart that has known his forgiveness. And every day when out in the world, we will be a beacon of praise to God. we know this salvation. One of the things, and we thought I'll be closing, is one of one of the things that amazes me is about football fans or soccer fans. Just how much they're willing to talk about their teams with so much joy energy, passion. We even go to an extent of buying their jerseys. And we, as we are walking around the streets, we want everyone to know that we support power dynamos. And we are not ashamed. And as we enter the stadium, under the scorching sun, we are jumping and screaming for ninety minutes. We've been go back home having lost our voices. Our team was playing. And we're excited when it comes to praising our God. We lose our voices. We struggle to, to, to sing with joy, with passion. We sing as if we don't mean what we are saying. And we confuse the world around us. The same world that sees us when we are in the stadiums, jumping and screaming. And when we come to church or when we are alone, and somehow we fail to raise our voices in praise to this God. Those who know Christ as their Lord and Savior marshal all their faculties as they anchor their praise in what Christ has accomplished, in what the Scripture says, they best in rejoicing and in praising to this God. And they don't just give thanks. They take the good news to the world. And they speak to all about this good news. We are the light of the world. We have the good news. And this good news can be examined can be investigated, can be interrogated, it will stand the test. And we are the product of the amazing grace of God. Let the world know from us what it means to be saved. Amen.